0: It's the state of Victorian Trots Racing and the people who drive the sport. You're one out one back. Yes, welcome to the latest edition of One Out One Back on RSN 927 Country Racing Radio Relays, our social media and HRV media as well. You're with Andrew Hughes Let's cross to our HRV studios. Joining us uh, Cody Winnell and uh, another member of the HRV team. Of course, he's known as the manager of the Trots Clubs of Victoria, but Toby McKinnon starting to make a name himself, or trying to make a name for himself as a tipster. How's he
1: faring, Cody? Well, he nailed it last week, didn't he, Andrew? Absolutely nailed it with Beresari. That's for sure. Toby, welcome.
2: Yeah, well, I nailed that one, but there was a few tips in there that didn't didn't come a uh, come in.
0: But one that's out of two's right.
1: not bad. If I could take that strike rate, I'd be doing okay myself. Andrew, you had a good week?
0: Yes, I have. Uh, been following all the racing codes here in the studio and looking at lots of meetings. There's been Lots of things happening. Uh, Before we run through some news... uh We've got some special guests on the show this morning.
1: Yeah, Jason Lee uh, coming off the back of uh, the APG win. That was sensational. Gillaby Nitro was a very short-priced favourite, but this is a really exciting young pacer, one that could go straight to the top. Certainly at this stage, he's the, at the top of his game as a two-year-old. We'll also hear from Chris Alford chasing his 100th career Group 1 success this weekend in the Ben Stud Queen of the Pacific, plus a couple of other Group 1 races. Uh, he caught up, of course, with Matty Stewart earlier in the week, and that was a fantastic interview uh and we've also got Jimmy Herbertson, another young gun reinsman on and we'll uh he's he's got a drive in the Group One trot this weekend, uh boys, so he'll be excited about that a live chance too. Yeah, a ripping young fella too, James Herbertson. And listening to that Chris
2: Alford uh interview with Maddie Stewart, there's a lot of things that James Herbertson does as a young bloke that Chris talked about on that show.
0: Alright, let's start though with some of the latest in Harness and Trotting news, uh, Cody.
1: Yeah, as mentioned, champion rangeman Chris Elford has three chances to achieve a milestone. 100 Group Ones on his 51st birthday at Tabcourt Park Melton on Saturday night. Elford will drive favourite Tell Me Tales in the Stud Queen of the Pacific for the all-conquering Emma Stewart Stable. The five-year-old mare, she's been backed heavily in early markets with tab.com.au from 2.60 dollars a into $1.90 despite drawing gate 11. Alfred will also pilot Magical in the Elder Baron Park Vic Bread Platinum Homegrown Classic Phillies Final and Valley Blur in the Schweppes Australasian Trotting Championship, both for Brent Lilly. Harness Racing Victoria yesterday confirmed it had worked with Kilmore Harness Racing Club to reschedule the Reg Withers Classic for three-year-olds. The race was to be run last Friday, but had to be cancelled when heavy rain forced the cancellation of the Kilmore Programme. The Reds Withers Classic will now be run on Thursday night, July 18, providing trainers with a $25,000 three-year-old feature race option between the Elabar VicBred Super Series and the Breeders' Crown Series. Meanwhile, the Empire Stallions VicBred Homegrown Classic heats were also rescheduled, and those will be run at Ballarat tonight. Over the border and Port Pirie will host the Tab Southern Cross Finals and Consolations in South Australia on Saturday night. Eight Victorian horses are among the feature races on the 11 event card from two stables with Emma Stewart and Drumborg's Rebecca East lining up four runners each. The Group 2 Tab Southern Cross Finals are each worth $50,000. Donna Castles and Doc Wilson bookended Tuesday night's Shepparton program with $51 shot It's Blue for Boys opening with a wind to blow most punters out of the early quad and Penetonte taking out the last event over Pole Marker Malinka. Castles has been instrumental of course in the Breast Cancer Awareness Campaign which is currently underway in Victoria with several Victorian range women donning those pink driving pants to put the spotlight on a very important cause in breast cancer. All roads lead to Cobram on uh, 26 May for the annual Community Pink Ladies Race Day and uh, must congratulate Congratulate Donna for that wonderful initiative. And finally, here's a ripping story of patience. Ken Brown he drove in his 173rd race at Cranbourne <coughs> on Monday, and he scored his first ever win at start number 173. The popular horseman piloted Criskin Kiosk to victory in the Elder Baron Park Trotters Handicap, narrowly getting the chockies out of just anything driven by superstar Gavin Lang. Brown is rising 67, and it has been 10 years since he made his race debut in the cart. He also trains Criskin Kiosk.
0: It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. And time to uh, catch up with a special guest because, uh, Cody, we've got Jason Lee on the line. You're about to talk about the Australian Pacing Gold final.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Uh, Jason, welcome to One Out, One Back, and congratulations on a super victory at the weekend. Yeah, thanks, Cody. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. Hey, APG final. This race must mean a lot to you. Before we talk about Gillaby Nitro, you won the race, uh, the APG final in 2015 with Gillaby Jitterbug. You've won it again in 2017 with Lumineer, and now you've made it three wins in that race in 2019.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, it's uh, probably the best or, or one of the best one with the British Crown, two-year-old races. Um, yeah, it's always been a, a great race with the sale, and um uh, have been lucky enough now to, to win a couple of them, and um, yeah. The first one was his first Group One win, and um, Nana was still around then to be there for that, so uh, that was definitely awesome. And then to to win um, it with a, a family horse, and then again for, with close uh, family in the McDowells with Lumineer, and yeah, then the, the fella on the weekend was um, yeah, pretty cool.
2: Jason, take us through the story of uh, how you purchased the horse. I think it came off the back of Jubilee Kung Fu.
3: Yeah, so um, we probably weren't going to buy too many that year. and um, Kung Fu had won the chariots the night before, and we were all uh, sort of planning on going to the sales uh, while we were up there and, and maybe um, buying one or two at the most. And um, We went out there, and Paddy had sort of done his homework on a few of them with Mum, with, and uh, this colt was sort of one of their main picks. So I'd had a, a fairly big night the night before after the... Kung Fu had won, so I didn't get out there too early. And, um, by the time I got out there, he sort of had a, a short lift and um, we went down and had a look at him. and as soon as I sang this fella, I just fell in love with him. And um, yeah, Paddy said that we'd go to 60 and that'd be enough and um, him and most of the others walked out of the betting ring when we got to 60 and we didn't have him. And I just said to John, maybe one more and uh, he didn't take too much uh, coaching. He ended up just keeping on going until we got him
1: he's a pretty striking horse what did you see about him that you liked chase
3: oh look he's, he's a lovely animal to look at for one without um you know his, his big boldy face and beautiful black coat but um just yeah to, to look at him as, as a horse he just looks like a good horse and um yeah i really like the way he moves but um Patty had picked him as he picked for the day so um Patty had had a pretty good track record so that uh, that was enough for me
2: just quickly, Josh, you touched on Juleby Kung Fu. He's, had a, he's been in the breeding barn, I believe, and served a few mares. Is he back on track?
3: Yeah, he's just commenced work this week. Um, he was probably able to start a couple of weeks ago, but just with everything happening, um, travelling away and that, we uh, didn't want to leave too much work for the crew at home. So mum's brought him back in this week, and he's just jogged quite um, all week, and he seems really happy and good. But um, he's done all his rehab work, which was, yeah... Um, a few months work and whatnot and then just to sort of let him forget about being a racehorse for a little bit and happen to um, be in, in a box and all that. He, he just went out in the paddock for the last two months and he served a few mares before all that happened just to sort of um, fill in some time but yeah we just thought it was a good opportunity to, to put him to a few mares he's um, he's obviously proven that he's a really good horse and um, he, he can run what the American horses run and He's a lovely animal to look at. So, yeah, he bred to about 10
1: or 15 mares. Jace, just before uh, Toby uh, ch- uh, checks in with you about your horse, uh, your horses, your drives this weekend at Melton on a big night. I know he's itching to get into that. I just want to quickly touch back on Gillaby Nitro. It's onto the Breeders' Challenge now at Menangle. Is that right? And then the Breeders' Crown later this season?
3: Yeah. Um, look, no, nothing sort of set in stone, but um, the Breeders' Challenge will be what he's aimed at. And if, yeah, all's going well in the next couple of weeks, he'll, he'll go up there for the heat. But, yeah, if he's, if he's, um, looking like he's had enough and not the paddock, um, yeah, he won't go. But at this stage, he's pulled up really good. He, he's handled the trip home great. And, um, mum and, and the uncles will sit down and, um, probably have a bit of a look at what they want to do there. But I'd say that's where he'll be going. And, yeah, the breeder's crown is probably, um, in the back of the mind at the moment. But, yeah, there's definitely, um, going to just sort of let him tell us where he's at.
2: The Queen of, of the Pacific, the Ben Stutt Queen of the Pacific on uh, Saturday at Melton, Jason, you've got a major hand in it. It's $21 Shop Miss Graceland, but you've drawn the pole and I'm sure Johnny Cowdo will be listening intently from off your back on uh, our step up. Do you plan on going forward?
3: Yeah, um, I haven't looked into the race uh, really close yet or talked to Dean or uh, anyone involved with the horse, but I think that we'd have to come out as hard as we can just um, so that we don't end up... So okay, if we can, and we'll just have to make some calls from there.
1: Sorry, jace just lost you a bit there, but we'll quickly, before we wrap it up, we'll talk about Parisian Amour and Armour de Ferre as well. You've got uh, two key drives in the other feature races for a very much informed stable in Anton Galino.
3: Yeah, uh, they're both nice mares. Um, the Yabby Dam Farm crew have got them all going very well. They've sort of been racing here, there, and everywhere. Their horses are they're, um, doing a good job. So, um, yeah, it's sort of going to rely on a bit of luck. They're pretty uh, strong racers. Um, we'll just have to see what happens in them, but yeah, I'm sure they'll run great races.
1: Excellent. Well, good luck on Saturday night, Jace, and uh, congratulations on the Gillaby Nitro win once again. Thanks for joining us on One Out One Back.
3: Cheers. Thanks, guys.
0: It's RSN 927's One Out One Back. Jason Lee there. Shortly we'll have another guest on the line in uh, James Herbertson, or Jimmy as you would say, because... Uh, before we get him up on the line, we're about to talk about uh, some big racing coming up at Melton.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a ripping card, and I guess the, uh, the Ben Stud Queen of the Pacific, Toby, is the highlight. Just quick look at the early market fluctuations with tab.com.au. Tell me, Tails, $2.60 into $1.90 yesterday, Today, uh, or, or sorry, two days ago, t- yesterday into $1.85. This horse just keeps on shortening. It does. It, it, it'll have to be very good to come from the back in such a good field.
2: There's the driving tactics of Jason Lee and then the three Emma Stewart runners across the front row will, will play a big part in this. The mayor, our step up for Stephen Telfer and John Cowder, got to the line exceptionally two weeks ago. If If Jason was to hold the front, it'd bring that horse right into the race. But other than that, Tell Me Tales and Beresari, they're the two dominant horses you'd expect.
1: One of the colleagues in here, Michael Howard, he's been very chipper about our step-up potentially winning this race for quite a while. As you say, it's Drawn Gate 8 following out Miss Graceland, $31 into 19. is an interesting runner for Peter and Karen Manning. Karen with a good record in this race, Toby, $5.50. Yeah, tricky to see where it'll lob in, in, in the early
2: running. If it gets a good position early, it'll be right in amongst it as well.
1: I wonder if it could uh, find its way in front.
2: Yeah, it could work forward, but with the three Emma Stewart horses inside, it's very hard to see it finding the lead very easily in this race.
1: Very quickly, the Elder Baron Park Vicbred Platinum Homegrown Classic for two-year-olds. We've got a $2.40 favourite there in the best dream. The big uh, Schweppes Australasian Trotting Championship Group 1 will speak to Jimmy Herbertson shortly. He's on Savannah JJ at $3.10. The favourites, McLovin, drawing the pole at $2.10. Valley Blur, $10 for Chris Elford. And the Elder Baron Park Vicbred Platinum Homegrown Classic uh, other two-year-old final. We've got a very short price favourite, Toby, and Andover dollar $1.40. Yeah, which... Uh... I'm Daddy Warbucks would be a great story for
2: Gavin Lang too. It's a real family horse. The uh, Australian Trotters Championship. I know McLovin and Savannah JJ on first look you think they've sort of got it between them but I think it's a very
1: open field and you expect Red Hot Tooth to be put into the race as well. It'd be great to hear from Jimmy in a minute. Yeah well let's hear from him right now. James Herbertson on the line. As I say he's driving Savannah JJ who's a trotter in terrific form and has been racing well for a while and Jimmy certainly uh, establishing a very good record on this horse. James welcome to one out one back. Morning, boys. How are we? Going great. How are you, mate? Congratulations, firstly, on getting the drive on Savannah, JJ. You must be excited about the uh, the Oz Trotting Championship.
4: Yeah, I am, yeah. He's, uh, you know, his last two starts um, have been really good over the short then over the distance. Um, this week's a little bit different again, starting over the uh, marathon. But, yeah, you know, the horse is going really good at the moment.
2: He steps well, James. You worked to the front last week. That was different circumstances. Are you expecting to work forward again?
4: Um, I actually haven't driven him from a starting start yet, so getting him away will be uh, first port of call. But after that, just see how the tempo is and go from there. But, you know, he's got speed, um, which will take him into the race at some point. Um, I don't think over the 2700 I could drive him too tough, but just see how he feels on the night.
1: Stan Cameron's not a man I know a whole lot about or, but uh, on this horse uh, James Savannah JJ I remember he ran second over the summer of glory behind Delta Sun and ever since then he's just been racing so well uh, what sort of job is uh, Stan doing with the horse and, uh, and and he must be pretty excited too.
4: Yeah he is at the moment yeah uh, he's a lovely old bloke Stan and um, you know he does a great job with the horse he uh, he works him by himself a lot which is a credit to him you know it's I know it's hard to work a horse by by themselves in that class and um, to have them right going in each week and to be able to perform as well as his performing is a credit to him. But, um, you know, he he takes him to Mirabara Trials on a Sunday. I see him there a lot and um, just works him afterwards, works him against the paces and that sort of thing and um, uh, takes him into Ballarat to the Toronto Club in there and and works him in there by himself. So, you know, he's he's a credit to himself. He does a good job with the horse.
2: James, have you driven in a Group One race before?
4: Yeah, I drove in the uh two year old trotting uh Breeders Crown Phillies race and um one for Brad Angove there. Um she ran about six. It was a, it was a thrill.
3: Absolute thrill.
2: It, it's. It, I see you at the trots a lot, James, and you're always one of the first to come over and help. Someone's got a couple extra horses in a race, and you'll grab, you'll, you'll help them add gear. At uh, you went to Mildura last week, all the way to Mildura and back. The race meeting was washed out. You work a team of horses with your father. Like how many horses have you got working there?
4: Uh, we've got about ten, ten in work at the moment, but we also run a, a fifteen hundred acre farm with four and a half cows of a sheep, so we're, we're fairly busy.
1: Uh, Keeps keep you on your toes, but the harness racing, is that uh, is that where you really wanna you wanna be, uh, going forward, Jimmy?
4: Um, yeah, I am. I'm happy doing what I'm doing at the moment, but um you know, if things don't go go as planned and um you know, I start sort of going off, off the boil a little bit, I've got the farm to back me up, so you know, I'm loving I'm loving the driving at the moment, having a lot of success, especially with soda. you know, but I've got the got the farm to fall back on.
1: No, absolutely. It's um, it's a, it's a you know clever clever to certainly plan that way and have options. But I tell you what, your team's going well at the moment, uh, Toby, the, the Herbertson stable. Yeah, well, there's one in tonight, James. He's a bit of an enigma.
2: Steel Screens at Ballarat. It's I love this horse. Very, it's a very strong field, and I feel you're going to be a bit of value. Uh, how Steel Screens you expect to go tonight at Ballarat? Uh
4: well, you know, Tom's, he's um not a super sort of racehorse yet, um, and, uh, you know, he's got pure ability, but he just hasn't got the brain to go along with it yet, um, like a lot of nice horses. I think he'd be better sort of next year, but, um, you know, in that race, again, he's not drawn great, but um, he's got just the pure speed to be there at the finish.
1: I remember spotting him in the trials and thinking, gee, this horse goes all right, and uh, he put in a rough one before a race at Melton, and then he came out in a Melton race at one stage there and won by nearly uh, half the straight. 50 metres, yeah. yeah. It was a big win.
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's a nice horse, but he just hasn't quite got the brains to go along with it yet, which is a shame, but uh, next year I think we'll see a nice horse.
1: Yeah, no, look forward to keeping on following that, and Jimmy, we'll look forward to keeping on uh, following your career as well. I'm sure we'll have you back on One Out, One Back. Good luck with the big group one this Saturday night.
0: Thank you very much, boys. I'll catch you. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back.
1: Yes, with Andrew
0: Hughes, and, uh, of course, in our HRV studios, we've got uh, Cody uh, Winnell and, of course, uh, Toby McKinnon. And uh, we're about to hear from Chris Elford, who is on the verge of a great milestone, uh, Cody.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we will. And how good was that interview with, uh, with Maddie, uh, with, um, Maddie Stewart? I was going to say Maddie Craven. With Maddie Stewart, uh, on RSN earlier this week, guys. It
2: was, it was just fantastic. Just listening to all the little intricacies of, of his life in a way and summed up. And a, a little bit of banter with Gavin was fantastic. Also. Yeah,
1: it was, uh, it was <laughs> terrific, wasn't it? He's got a great story and I'd encourage anyone who hasn't heard the full interview to make sure you check it out via the RSN channels or the trots.com.au. We've linked up to it there as well. Um, and Andrew, I think we're going to hear from, uh, a little bit from Puppet now.
0: Yeah, we're going to hear a little bit of Chris Alford. This is just a few minutes of what is uh, almost an hour interview and as you say, available on the, uh, RSN927 website via HRV or via our social media. Everyone, you know, you've got to start at the
5: bottom um, before you can work your way up but um, luckily I had my dad and my first couple of drives were for him and um, first two were pretty bad uh, and then we went to Wangaratta one night and uh, had two drives and, and got a double so that was the start of it and then um, I think my fifth race I, I got a freelance drive for a guy called Johnny Bickerdike at Yarra Glen and because i was 16 i didn't have a have a car or anything so i had to get my Nanda drive me over to yarragland and um the horse ended up winning so that was uh, the start of it all and uh i remember that day he um come up to me after the race and gave me 300 dollars, and i nearly died i said oh i can't accept this and he goes mate he said just never knock back a sling you you don't get them that often
6: <laughs> well that's right that's right it reminds me a bit about when you're a, a, with the surfer who surfs a wave when there's a group, there's a group of guys who've got ownership of that wave and they make life difficult. When you're a young driver and there's the established drivers, is there a bit of a pecking order that you have to sort of fit into for a while?
5: Um, yeah, there probably is. You know, you, you try not to step on the toes like I used to get on the track and be, be sort of half scared of guys like Brian Guth and Teddy Demler and didn't want to upset them on the track or, or things like that. But after you go around for a while, you sort of, you know, just strengthen up and and go and do your best.
6: And I got to ask you about Vinny Knight because we lost Vinny Knight oh, 20 years ago?
5: Yeah, probably more actually.
6: And he was the guy who electrified the sport and when people talk about the slightly diminished profile on harness racing, they say it 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 started to go that way after they lost their their showman and their megastar Vin Knight. What was I know there was the Brian Gaths and all these other bulldog Nicholsons and that at the time and Ginger Gleason and Yeah. But um, three of them were patients of my father in Bacchus Marsh. Um, what was it like in the era of Vin Knight?
5: Yeah, I didn't actually race a great deal with him. I think um, I'd only just begun, not not long um, before he passed away. And uh, I was at the trials one day at Kilmore, just when I was going for my license and jogging one round the warm up, and he sidled up beside me and, "How you going? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good thanks." And I was like, "Wow, he's actually speaking to me." And uh, he said, oh, you better pull up at the start and I'll move the seat a bit forward for you because your legs are a bit short.
6: <laughs> was that a, 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 a taking the P, P155 P out of you or was or were your legs really that short? Oh,
5: no, I was pretty short then, but, um, you know, he, he was just having a joke and uh, that's the way he was. Has there ever
6: been a, a figure like him in harness racing?
5: Probably not anyone as flamboyant as he was. He was a great trainer and his horses were amazing and uh he drove them like that and um you know his salute's a legendary and uh he sure did light things up.
6: It was almost like where were you the day Kennedy was shot or where were you the, the day the man landed on the moon do you remember the day that you heard about Vin Knight the death of Vin Knight?
5: Yeah, I was um actually at the airport um on my way to Port Perry for a, a a invitation drivers thing that that was the day yeah. And do you remember your reaction? Yeah, it was pretty much just shock. And I think they even um, cancelled the races that day, or a lot of guys just didn't even drive.
6: Yeah. Talking with Chris the Puppet Alfred, and I'm going to ask him why he's called the Puppet, too. I think I know. Uh, SMS is on 0416905052. If you want to have a chat to Puppet, or if there's anything you want to ask him, and there's a couple of questions here, I've got to read them first just in case. There we go. Chris, my daughter wants to become a harness driver. Jordan has come through the pony trots. She won her last two drives at Melton Saturday night and because she turned seventeen in July she has to retire from the ponies. What's some advice? Here you go. Tricky one to start with. That Jord can take on board and build on. What's some advice you'd give to a youngster starting off as you as you once did many years ago?
5: Yeah, I think I think the main thing is um, you know, always, you know, get to the races, try and give people a hand, that's how you make contacts. Um and just always show respect to the people that own and train the horses because, you know, if you're just a driver, they're the ones that that give you the support.
0: It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. Some of Chris Helford's special feature on RSN 927. It was a terrific hour. He talked about his life and career, talked about some of the greats, as we heard there. He took, uh, well, calls in terms of uh, text messages, so answered a few of the listeners' thoughts. So it was a great insight into... uh, a champion who Cody... Really presents as a very humble person.
1: He does, he, and he'll do anything to promote the sport too. He's a terrific operator, Chris Alfred, and that was a, a wonderful interview. And we've had a little bit of symmetry actually through the pony trots on this show today, Toby. You've mentioned uh, during that little segment there, Jason Lee, of course, came through the pony trots. Yeah, Jason was driving the pony
2: trots at the little warnable track, which is down your way, Cody. It and, was uh, that's, Thunder Point. That's what he got. That's where Jason got his start. And uh, look at him today, and look at someone like Chris Elford. So these kids that that want to
1: get involved in our sport, pony trots is a great way to go. I should give that a shout out too if you look up pony trots victoria on facebook you can see the videos and some cool photos there of the kids and those ponies uh, it's fantastic stuff that andrew all
0: right uh, in our closing couple of minutes we might talk about the vic bread super series uh, cody
1: yeah well it's uh, just around the corner a couple of you know in the next month or so you'll certainly be uh, seeing that really ramp up and uh, it's some really good news issue. We've got Alibar who have come on board as the pacing sponsor. So it's the Alabar Vic Bread Super Series. They're joining Elder Baron Park as the Trotters Vic Bread Super Series sponsor. So that's great news, uh, guys. We think it'll be our best um, Vic Bread Super Series yet in at Hrv. We're very confident about that this year. Uh, the message is, why wouldn't you be Vic Bread? Uh, which basically is suggesting that, you know, if you have a horse and you race in Victoria, you are missing out if you're not bred. So uh, that's the message. It's an important save the date we've got coming up, the VWS finals weekend, July 5 and 6. Uh, it's all about promoting the breeding industry. The campaign highlight this year will be all about the progression from foal, so from birth, to racehorse, and then on to VicBread Champion. So keep an eye out for that. We've got some artwork already up on social media. And, Toby, when you think about some of the VicBread horses over the years, the horses who have won the Super Series finals, they're not always the, uh, the, the out-and-out champion stables, are they? they? This is the opportunity for the small guy to come up and win a Group 1 race.
2: Yeah, there is. There's been a number of them over the years, but I think this year we're going to have a real poster boy of the series. Cody, like boom it. boom, thank you he, he returns on Saturday night at Melton, post a boy and uh, expect he'll be, it's the three year olds Centenario, Hurricane Harley major exclusive won the SA Derby I reckon he'll be
1: primed for a crime rider it is going to be an exciting series and that's just one, three year old Colton Geldings I'm talking about. Yeah absolutely and I think back to, um, to some of those horses we've had like I'm a Menace uh, who was yes, yeah. uh, Betty Hall, I think uh, yeah. she won a group one race and didn't win another race for quite a while, these are horses who get their opportunity on the big stage, uh, and, and it's a fantastic stage that, the Vic Bread, probably one of the biggest we've got. Uh, this year we've got the the Friday night, will be the uh, that's July 5, that'll be the Trotting Grand Finals. Then on the Saturday night we're having a special cocktail evening. Uh, that's sponsored by Elabar. We'll have a punter's club, dance floor, grazing stations, live music, and also make sure you're locking July 5 and 6 into your calendar, Toby. It's not to be missed. Sounds like another punt-off coming up. Yeah, well, we should, we, we've we got to wrap it up. But speaking of punt-off, let's finish with the best bet, Toby. Uh, what have you got this weekend that the punters at home can follow? I'm going to go to Bendigo on Friday night. And there's one that I've been following called
2: Keller, Keller Brindle for John Kennedy. And John's going to give it a stern talking to beforehand. Don't think, just do. <laughs> just Don't think, just do, as John tells it. But it's drawn a tricky barrier. But I think uh, Crystal Sinosio will extricate it off the fence and it'll be getting the line hard. And I expect it to be a good value... Keller Brindle at Bendigo on tomorrow night.
0: Good luck with that tip. Good luck with all of the others. And uh, Cody and Toby will speak to you next week.
1: Thanks very much, Andrew.
0: This has been One Out, One Back for Harness Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Thanks for listening.
2: Want to hear one out, one back again?
0: Head
1: to iTunes, our Facebook page and the podcast page at rsn.net.au.